Welcome to the Be That Healing Girl podcast, and today's episode is a fire one because we're going to talk about Love is Blind, season six. We're going to do a breakdown on different people that are in the show, different relationships, and I'm going to give you like the no holds bar tea on what I think about what's going on in the show with certain people, etc. So if you are obsessed with Love is Blind season six and Love is Blind in general, then honey, we are in the right place. And what better thing for me to talk about as a relationship coach than a show that is all about relationships. So I'm going to give you my insight, what I think, and all the good things. So if you are new here, my name is Claire, and I'm a relationship coach, and I love helping overachieving girlies who are slaying in their careers as entrepreneurs and the corporate ladder, and you are doing so well out there, but you are struggling with your romantic life. If that is you, you tend to overthink, you tend to just try to vibe things out and do the right thing, then you are in the right spot honey. And if you are watching the show towards the end of this episode, I'm going to talk about what I would do if I was a certain girly in the show that is hmm, maybe overthinking, maybe showing some signs that she has some anxious attachment or relationship anxiety. I'm going to give you the tea on what I would do if I was her and just give some more insight on that situation. And yeah, and if you're enjoying these episodes, if you enjoy my content, I would love if you could leave a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere that you're watching would be so appreciative because it really means a lot when you leave just a little click and a five-star review. It means so much. It helps also this message get to so many more girlies, and I just appreciate that. So uh, let's dive in, and the first thing that I want to talk about is happened earlier in the season and it's our boy Matthew. Uh, Yikes is all I'm going to say. And I have a feeling that they'll probably bring him back. I don't know. I've got the spidey sense because sometimes I'll show people early on and they'll make a little reprise later in the show. But let's break down um, the yikes factor with Matthew. And there were many, many different things. But first of all, just his lack of emotional availability. And I also say that, but I'm not pointing fingers because on some level, most of us are not actually in touch with our emotions, okay? And by the way, I'm going to give not an excuse, but I'm going to give some more insight on why I'm not surprised that this guy, Matthew, made it to this level because I actually feel he's a pretty accurate representation of how it is to be a man in today's society and what we've done as a culture, as Western culture, to condition men to not feel feelings, to not be okay expressing feelings, okay to not have feelings. And again, this is not a reason or an excuse or a justification for anything he's done, but I'm just not surprised that there's not been more Matthews on the show because I think he is a pretty accurate representation of what we do as a society to men to actually really not make it safe for them to express emotions. I mean, you talk to any guy and it is not okay for them to cry. It is not okay for them to act like they don't have it together. It's not okay for them to be sensitive. It's just, it's really not okay. And you hear that in some of our language as a society and culture, like be a man, man up. Don't be a, not going to say that word here, but 
you can see that that's even in our common language just being thrown around casually. And again, it's not an excuse. It's just insight into how powerful our society is in shaping the safety for men to have emotions. So I'm not surprised that Matthew's acting like that. I think he's a pretty accurate representation for what it's like for most men around feelings. And I also think he said he was starting therapy and anybody that's starting a healing journey, I'm not going to knock them. Like we're trying, we're all trying to do better, but honestly, like, please do better. Please go to therapy. Um, but the, the thing, all of that aside, his emotional unavailability, unavailability actually wasn't the big thing for me. The big concern that I had that said so much about what kind of person he is and who he was being. And if you're new to my world, I am big on who we are being. All right. That is that is so paramount. When we're being somebody of character, of integrity, of honesty, of truth, of love, that says volumes about what. If you if you were telling me that's like your core value, that would tell me a lot about your relationships and your quality of life. All right. So what really got under my skin about Matthew, it seems really small, but it actually is a big, big deal. And it was literally how he was interacting with strangers. Okay. And granted, everybody's interacting in the first day or two of Love is Blind. They're all strangers. But him acting as though that this is like a job interview and not even a good job interview. I'm talking a really crappy one where they're just knocking things off the list. He, in my mind, he was coming off very abrasive and very just yuck. And the, the thing that really got my goat was when he just left a room without saying goodbye. And I also want to say this before I talk more about what we see and what we perceive with the show is we don't actually know what happens, all right? I know that it seems like we're seeing certain things, but the reality about the TV show, it's, it's reality TV, all right? The producers, the editors, there's a lot that can be taken out of context that we don't actually have the full picture because we're only seeing the picture that producers and that editors can put together. So I'm, I'm well aware that this may not be the full picture that we're seeing of Matthew and of, of any character at all. But I, I from just the, the, the way he was interacting, not saying thank you. And again, this could be all editing. We don't actually know in one fluid shot what's happening. But what is being portrayed is he's not even saying thank you to people, to men in the, the men's quarters. He's not saying goodbye to people. That's just a huge ick yuck no not good yikes we don't like that okay because if you can't even have common courtesy to strangers if we can't even be nice to people that we don't know that is not a good sign for people that he would want to be in relationship with so that's my little deal with Matthew okay Another thing, so I just finished that first round of episodes. I think it's eight or nine episodes. So I just finished. And of course, they leave a really juicy little nugget there for us around Jeremy and Laura, I think. Honestly, I didn't even look at my notes before this. So we're just riffing. But Jeremy and Laura. So uh, if you, this hint, spoilers, there's going to be a spoiler here. So if you haven't caught up, stop this video, stop the podcast, put pause on and like go watch it. But it's a spoiler. 
So, uh, yeah, let's talk about Jeremy, all right, and Laura. So, first of all, there's a couple things I want to talk about with both of them. And the first thing is that um, I want to talk about Laura's icks, all right? If you're an ick girl, then this is for you. I want to talk to you, and I want to talk to Laura. And she actually said something that is so powerful that I, when I have one-on-one clients that talk to me about this or in my programs, we talk, we talk more in depth about it, that... Your ick, the not liking Hawaiian shirts, is such a shallow, non-relevant thing when it comes to the bigger picture. And I personally think that icks are a way of pushing away intimacy. Icks are a great excuse for actually not showing up in relationship. Mm. If you feel attacked, I love you, but I have to say it because when we let little things like, oh my gosh, I don't like that he wears this type of shirt. Ooh, he wears these kinds of socks. Ooh, I don't like when he chooses who this way. Like, look, if you have that perspective, then nobody's going to be good enough because everybody has something about themselves that is an ick. So if you are basing your judgments and how you are connecting with people based on an ooh, then you're not going to actually find anybody that's good enough. Not only that, but if you have an ick about somebody else, that tells me a lot about the icks that you have around yourself and how kind and how uh, uh, loving that you are to towards yourself, your own internal world. It gives a good insight around how maybe judgmental you are about yourself because we see the world as we are. We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. So when I come across somebody who has a lot of icks, they're like, ew, I'm so icked out. That actually says a lot about our own judgments, our own self-perceptions. And typically that tends to be from somebody who is highly perfectionist. And like, look at her. She's gorgeous, right? No wonder. And and she's so put together in her outfits, all of it, the makeup. She's gorgeous. It makes a lot of sense. But when we let those little things get in the way of true connection, I actually see it as a way of self-protection, right? We When we get to say, mm, I don't like that because this little thing, we get to stay in our bubble. We get to stay safe. We don't have to be intimate. We don't have to open ourselves up to somebody else because that's what relationship is about. True relationship is about loving somebody else's ick. It's not about, mm, I don't like that. Gross. It's not good enough for me. You are never going to find that because everybody has an ick because we're all human. We all fart. We all poop. We all we all do these things. All right. So don't let an ick be your excuse. Don't let your ick be an excuse. All right. So I also want to say, so that's like one growth point. And all, by the way, we all have points we can grow on, myself included. This is anything I say about any person on the show is definitely out of love. And I can own every single thing. I myself have had an ick about a relationship and it was a great way for me to blow up something perfectly secure and happy because I was going through my own chisel at that point. I really was. So I get it. Now let's talk about Jeremy because uh, no, (laughs) just a huge, huge no. Where to me personally, well, okay, let's break down what happened. He liked somebody else in the show. He chose another person, decided to go out until five o'clock in the morning. Just no, there is nothing good that happens relationship wise or anything else in life. Uh, relationship, well, let's just say relationship wise, but nothing really good happens past midnight. 
Nobody's out there like, you know, I won the Nobel Prize and it's because it was two o'clock in the morning. Not no, not a lot of great things happen <laughs> at, at, at past midnight. So to me, huge, huge. No, where he is out till five o'clock in the morning. No. And then also insult to injury. You share your location so you can gaslight somebody else. No, there's literally no reason for you to be talking to somebody else, another person until five o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm not saying this is right, but I can see like, by the way, the show is an experiment and it's highly produced, right? This is not real life. You are not talking to people where you can't see them. You're not having any physical idea or what they look like. Like the whole show is just not real life. That's just not real life. So I understand, by the way, just listen to this whole thing. I understand somebody who's curious about somebody else. But at that point, when you have put a ring on somebody else, you are saying that you're committed, right? And this is like not the first time in Love is Blind that this has happened. But when you say that you are committed, then you're committed. (laughs) You got to see that through. And it is a little different if you're maybe talking to your fiance around, oh, I, I don't know. But he obviously was hiding it and not being honest and being curious. And that's a, by the way, being curious is a normal human thing. We all have curiosities. But when you make a promise to somebody, when you are engaged, you've got to stick with that. <laughs> it's okay to be curious and not be in relationship and see where that goes. But he made a decision. He put a ring on somebody else's uh, finger. And we don't know what's going to happen, but I am hoping and praying. And I'm going to say this to you. If you know that your person's talking to another person until 5 o'clock in the morning, that's, that is, that is we need to say goodbye and move on because that is just, that's a lot. And we don't know what's going to happen. She might see it through. She might work it through with him. Whatever decision she makes is the right decision for her. She's going to come out of the other side of it, whatever she decides learning something. And to me, that is what relationship's about. So whether she breaks up with him, whether she stays with him, any decision here is the right decision because she is hopefully learning. All right. So guess who we're going to talk about? (laughs) And again, no hate to anybody on the show. I just, I'm in fact really just excited because Chelsea Our girl, Chelsea, who is beautiful, amazing human, just fun, charismatic. We all love her. I just really relate to Chelsea. And I also, like, if she ever watches this, I just want to say thank you for putting yourself out there and actually showing people what anxious attachment, relationship anxiety is like. And I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I cannot diagnose, but I can just see from some of the interactions that that might be the experience. So this is what's so powerful if you are interested in watching the show or watching the show. This is literally, I am foaming at the mouth at how this is like a case-by-case perfect example of how we overthink. And when we are in a space where we're in our feels, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with being in our feels, your feelings are valid, but when we're dysregulated, when we are not getting the tools to self-soothe, when we're not looking at the whole context, It can get really muddy and really weird fast, all right? So (laughs) I could spot some of the insecurities. Literally, there's a preview where she says in the first 
minute of the preview, you're not telling me I love you enough. And I immediately knew, I was like, I think she might have some anxiety in her relationship. But what was really interesting for me is going through different episodes. And so I just want to break down a couple things that are just jumping to my mind. So I've made a couple pieces of content, but I wanted to dive a little bit deeper here today around what I saw. So there's the first kind of major interaction. They are in Mexico. No, they're in the Dominican. I was about to say Mexico. They're in the Dominican. And there's uh, an instance where Jimmy is saying, mentioning something about AD's body. All right. And, and AD is stacked. All right. And he's not wrong. But this was a critical moment. So I'm going to point out some critical moments in these interactions that I were really big missed opportunities. So she, Jimmy makes a comment about AD. And instead of Chelsea in the moment saying, that didn't feel good, Mm, I don't like that, she pretends that it's okay. And not only does she pretend, she amps it up. She, she like, she bolsters the situation. She's like, oh yeah, like, look at that. Ooh, like, look at her booty and something like that. That was a key missed opportunity because if you are somebody who, is with a partner and you put on this facade that you are confident, but really you're not, you have some insecurities around that. And by the way, that's okay. Like if I get it, we all have insecurities, but it is one thing to portray that you're okay. And some women are really okay commenting on other women's bodies. I mean, my husband and I are now at the point in our relationship where, yeah, like he has his on TV online crushes and so do I, we talk about them. But that took time for us to get to that place. When you're in the getting to know you phase, you're early in a relationship. And by the way, all of this love is blind stuff. They're getting to know each other. It's just all condensed. But when you're in that phase, it is important that you are authentic. All right. It, authenticity is number one. And because if you're not authentic, then you're being inauthentic. And healthy relationships don't have good roots when you're being inauthentic. So when instead of saying, oh, yeah, look at that, what I would have recommended and the gap there was actually saying what she felt, which is mm, that doesn't make me comfortable. Mm, I don't like that. And instead of portraying or pretending that she was OK. All right. Huge missed opportunity. And you could see how the overthinking started taking on. She started isolating. She felt and she it kind of just grew on its own. Right. Which also leads me to the next day. Jimmy was very reassuring to her. And the other thing that I noticed in that interaction, she was uh, the next day was she was saying, are you 100%? Are you 1,000%? And to me, that's like so common with the women that I work with where you're really trying to get a percentage. Like, okay, is he 100? Is he 50? Like, where am I at? And when, that's a very intellectual way to to see, am I safe? Am I safe in this relationship? And that constant gauging of, are you into it? Do you like me? That 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 numeric validation was. It's also just a big indicator. Okay. And by the way, everything's kind of like looking kind of normal on the outside, but to me, I was like, hmm, these things are kind of pointing in a direction. All right. So. Then there was the other interaction where Jimmy is had bit his lip or something. And, oh, actually, let me backtrack. So her friends come over. This is the, the day before. Her friends come over. Jimmy is working all day, leaves work early. And 
before he gets out there, Chelsea's talking with her friends and she's literally already, this is also a huge sign, already overthinking that he didn't kiss her. In her mind, in her mind, she'd already created the evidence that he hasn't kissed her. When later on, Jimmy is like, oh yeah, I kissed you on the chin. I kissed you on the cheek. And I just want to show that that was a big sign for me that, okay, she's already overthinking and she's she's thinking that something hasn't happened. And here's the thing, and I talk about this sometimes with, okay, overthinking. And the question is, where is the evidence? All right. And this is really for a specific type of person that that actually collects evidence that isn't real. <laughs> That's going to stay strange, but, or seem strange. Where we, when we're in a certain mindset, when we have insecurities, when our confidence isn't strong, we will collect the wrong type of evidence. We're not actually looking at what I call facts, okay? And I say this because I, you might be in a situation where you think you're collecting evidence, but you're, that is different than collecting facts, all right. So, for example, the fact was Jimmy kissed her on the chin or cheek or whatever. Right. Maybe he kissed her on the lips in the morning and she didn't remember that. And this is also important to think of. Let's look at the the justice system. All right. Where eyewitness accounts are actually really not great because people remember what they want to remember. I will say that again. People remember what they want to remember. And when you have conditioning to look at what is not working, that is basically feeding a weed. <laughs> it's like putting water on a weed instead of a flower. So if we have deep patterns in looking at what's not working, at where there isn't love, where somebody isn't showing up for us, then that creates major problems We in, in relationships because we're used to looking at what isn't working. So to me, that interaction with her friends was a, was a big indicator. All right. And then we get to the next day where they're having a heart to heart and she's basically saying to him, you know, you're not doing enough. And that that was not exactly the language that she said, but basically that was the energy around you're not you're not telling me you love me enough, that you like me enough. And that was to me in my mind just a huge example of where there was she was really entrenched in believing what she wanted to believe in and she wasn't actually looking at the facts and not only that the the other challenge that I noticed is that she was putting all of the onus all of the responsibility for her safety in the relationship on him and she said a couple things that were really big indicators and by the way Making somebody else responsible for your feelings is a really slippery slope. So, and that is a great example of how we give away our power. And what I mean by that is when we let somebody take responsibility for our emotions, we say, well, you're not doing this enough. You're not telling me you love me. You're not kissing me enough. Da, 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 da. Well, and well, there, though, that might be true. You might need more affection, whatever the case is. But when you are constantly giving away your power to the other person to make you feel a certain way, that is a giveaway of power. And you're basically saying that you are basing your happiness and your security on what somebody else does or does not do. And that is a circumstance, right? Which is very different than personal power. Personal power comes from a place of I feel good and I am confident in myself. I trust this process regardless of what else is happening over there. So this becomes a really slippery place 
because she is giving away her responsibility. She's telling Jimmy that you're responsible for making me feel a certain way. And when we dump all of that responsibility and that expectation on somebody else, energetically, verbally, physically, then that is a really tough position to put anybody in. And my read from what we're seeing from producing and editing is that Jimmy, I I don't blame him for feeling a little smothered. And he said that. That was better language than what he said, which was being clingy. You know, a relationship tip. Talk about how you feel. Him feeling smothered, very valid. Okay? Uh, But I... In that interaction, you could see that she was really putting all the responsibility on him and not really taking any responsibility for herself. And the other piece of that is, which seems like a small detail, but to me it's a major detail, is that Jimmy works from home. Okay, and so somebody who, and Chelsea's a flight attendant, so she doesn't really maybe have the insight on what it's like for somebody to work from home. It might look like somebody just sitting there at the computer when in reality, they're doing a lot. They're running meetings or in Slack. They're, those of you who work from home get it, that run teams or, or are on the computer. That is very different from somebody who does not have a background in that. And I, I totally relate. I did not understand for a long time I was physically at work. So two different perspectives and two ways of being. And The small detail here that I think is a big detail in perspective is, to me, in my mind, Chelsea's home, she's an event coordinator as well, but didn't seem like they were promoting or showing her working on that part of the business. But she, it seems like to me that she might have been bored. And boredom, if you get bored, if you are bored, this is also a sign to me when I work with women that have anxious attachment, boredom is not good. Because boredom is going to make you spin out. It's going to make make you think certain things. And all, instead of filling your own cup, instead of nourishing yourself, you're obsessing about a relationship. So to me, it doesn't, it makes total sense. It doesn't surprise me at all that they get into this big conversation and she's, she had a day where she didn't have a lot of fulfillment. So she's thinking about what he did not do. And so again, this is like, this is like layering on top of layers where she is already overthinking. She's feeling a little insecure. She's bored. And then she's, she's making something out of really nothing when uh, she's had all this time to think about it. All right. So, so kind of slippery slope there with that. Now, all that being said, I think Chelsea's awesome and I think Jimmy's awesome. And and if you I was watching all the things he said to her and he is really trying to validate her. He's telling her, I'm into you. I choose you. I multiple times. I mean, I've watched this. I watched the, the captions and everything. He's really trying to do a, a great job validating her. And and here's the, the last thing I want to say. That person can be validating you to the 10th degree and it seems like to me from what I've seen from the show that is shown to me by producers and editors that he's really trying to validate her but somebody else's validation will never be enough if you don't validate yourself if you don't look at how you are 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 perceiving things if you're dysregulated meaning that your nervous system is all shot and by the way like of course their nervous systems are all wacky because they got people in their house they're having pride to get up get up early and put makeup on it's it's unsettling to have cameras on you all the time so again no hate to to chelsea this is this is normal I, i don't blame her at all i'm totally human i see myself in her absolutely 
So here's what I would do if I was in her position is to, again, look at the facts, right? And in this time of you're on a TV show, my God, you're getting recorded and you're putting mics on. It's a whole thing. Self-care is really necessary. And it is, we get into a really slippery slope when we make our entire relationship about somebody else. And the tip that I want to share is she is really, there's a couple things that she said. I'm, I made you dinner and I watched your show and then I had, you know, did it with you, intimacy. And to me, the, the thing that is really important is she is basing her value in relationship on what she's doing for him how much she does for him. She's putting it all out there for him is some of the language she said. And that is a really tough place to be in a relationship because when you base your relationship on what you're doing, how much you do for somebody, that is not sustainable. It's not sustainable because healthy relationships are all about who you're being and trusting who you're being. And not only that, but when we start tallying up, well, I made dinner on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we had intimacy on these days, and we it becomes um, you're 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 adding two different tallies. You're not you're on the same team. So inherently, at the core of it, if you are acting like, well, you did or did not do these things, you didn't kiss me, you did kiss me five times on Monday and two times on Tuesday, and you're keeping these tallies. Tally making is separation. It's like, I did this and you didn't do that. That is, you are pitting yourself against each other. When in reality, the tip is you're on the same team. You're on the same team in relationship. So when you start to tally what somebody's doing or not doing and you're adding up all the things you do, you're already, that, that type of thinking, which is all default behavior, default thinking, which is all the things that I do with my one-on-one clients and in my program, The Confidence Code, when you have that defaulted way of thinking of good, bad, tally, kiss five times, no kiss Tuesday, you're only setting the relationship for relationship up for failure. You're only setting up for failure because that is separation and relationship and marriage is about union. So those are my thoughts If you have more thoughts or people that you want me to talk about as the new episodes come on air, or if there are other TV shows that you want me to talk about with a relationship, send me a DM on Instagram. I'm happy to talk about it because this is so fun. I love that this is my job. So keep watching. Let me know what you think. Send me a DM and I believe in you.